Yes, I know it's just 5.05, 5 p.m. ish. All right, we're back on the show. Create or die trying with Sagai. You're welcome on the show. Sorry for that false start. For those of you who saw the false start, well, there was no false start. I cannot confirm or deny the existence of a false start of this particular show episode today. Well, it's good to be back again with you guys after like that one week. I just uh, that happened last week. We couldn't uh, make the show happen uh, due to some intergalactic shift. I think perhaps a Thanos-ish kind of snap happened and well somehow somehow we couldn't get the show done last week and yeah because a lot of people saying things like we need to get this thing done differently so that we don't miss any episode at all well we're going to try to make sure that doesn't happen again everything in our power to ensure that we keep this show coming to you every blessed week okay now it's good to be with you guys again and last week in spite of fact i didn't get the show done I had a lot of things happening last week that was really, really, really awesome. And our first uh, viewer in Kim Dillon Princess Odugu, uh, thanks for joining in on Facebook. And Kim Dillon, thanks for tuning in. And on Instagram Live, I hope you guys are getting ready to join us. So because the topic today would actually um, touch on a variety of things for us, all creative persons out there. John Fadakinte is also on, uh, on, uh, on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. So I mean, la last week I couldn't do the show, but then... I got invited to three things, actually three things actually happened and I was invited to two uh, particular events. One was the Providence um, uh, World Poetry Day uh, in, uh, event, the celebration of Professor Wale Shoyinka. I, I was uh, guest invited by one of the performing um, uh, poets on that particular day by the name of Equal Diana Abbasi. Yes, it was a wonderful, wonderful show, wonderful event. I got to hear Professor Wale Shoyinka talk and read uh, from his new book, it was it was it was an exciting day, and the voices of the very uh, the various poets. There was the poet uh, people from the AJ House in Adegunle. Uh, uh, loud thoughts. I mean, it was an awesome evening. In spite of the crazy traffic that was on the island that day, I totally totally absolutely enjoyed myself being at that event. Was it, it was it was a good thing to be there. And of course, cannot remove the fact that Stanley Obende, an IC Studios veteran and one of our youngest. Club create members from way back when who's like a stalwart in the comic book industry right now in Nigeria had his wedding this past Saturday. That was two days ago. Stanley got married and I was there and it was an awesome, awesome time to be around. So congratulations, Stanley. Mr. and Mrs. Stanley Obende. Now, if you were, we're going to be politically incorrect, Mosha. But Mr. and Mrs. Obede, thanks very much. It was a wonderful night. I wish you guys a marital bliss and a very Fruitful marriage, all right. Okay, uh, with that done, also, uh, IC Studios um, uh, accounts uh, consultant Shion Wadili celebrated her birthday last week, Friday, or this Thursday, Friday, but and that was also on as well. IC Studios will celebrate our own and, and more, all right. So, there's a lot of that going on. So, thank you very much again for tuning in. Oforum John and uh, Aditop Omar Digun joining also on Facebook. Now, we were supposed to have a guest on the show today. In fact, we were supposed to have a guest last week. And then uh, for some reason or the other, the uh, personal to him, he could not make uh, the trip to be here. But we're going to try and see how we can get him on the show uh, as soon as we can because the topic we want to have him come discuss affects everybody in a variety of creative fields. Uh, uh, music, movies, production, animation, comic books, uh, novel writing, and script writing for TV and all of that. It's a whole area that we're going to address when it gets on the show. So watch out for that. Now remember, if you're just tuning in for the first time, you can watch the past episode of the show on my page, or you can tune in to or log on to www.anchor.fm to listen to the podcast of past episodes of the show. All right. Now it's always a conversation here. We're not here to just teach or to share information on one side. I'm here and we are here to get as much comments and contributions and learn from each other because this is a conversation, not a lecture. All right, so let's get this show on the road. The topic today is autocorrect. No, we're not talking about the one that your phone does when you're trying to type a message, yeah, that Google autocorrect, the one that has changed the gun to add gun and all of that. No, uh, the, the autocorrect we're talking about is, is, is um, um, a topic basically that can be referred to as self-assessment. And it occurs as a topic in psychology and in creative production service 
uh, uh, area as well. It is something that, uh, that is um, present, whether we like it or not, or should be present, whether we like it or not, in our daily living. Okay, self-assessment, autocorrect, your ability to be able to check yourself. Like that song said, you gotta check yourself before you, yeah, we'll look that on. So now Chris Williams, as well as Taiwan, Yomide and Prince uh, Tade Olushile, Join on Facebook. Nobody on Instagram yet. You guys are early risers, I hear. All right, no other. Let's get on to exactly what self-assessment is. In psychology, self-assessment is the process of looking at oneself in order to um, um, assess aspects that are important to one's identity, performance, or capabilities. It is one of the motives that drives self-evaluation along with self-verification and self-enhancement. I'll take that again. In social psychology, self-assessment is the process of looking at oneself in order to assess aspects of life that are important to one's identity, your performance, and your capabilities. Okay, it is one of the motives that drive self-evaluation and self-verification as well as self-enhancement. I wanted to take note of those two particular um, self something there. We have self-verification and self-enhancement. Uh, Verifying who you are, what you're doing, what your performance and capabilities are, and then enhancing who you are, what your capabilities, performances, and uh, present identity is. Okay, so note self-verification and self-enhancement out of that. Now, self-assessment is found in a lot, a lot of times to be associated with um, uh, self-enhancement. Uh, and that in itself self-explanatory when you're talking about self-enhancement just basically enhancing yourself in creativity however um, you can call it quality control or self-edit or okay call it due diligence due diligence on the projects you're working on it is the why that comes after you have answered the initial why of the brief okay it's the why not before the creative idea gets sent into the wild world all right, it's that um, it's what you must do to ensure that you are sending um, out a project that has dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's to make sure that you can get yourself examined before the examiner arrives. It's the examination you take before the examiner arrives. Now, it begs the question when okay, we know that self assessment is this, and this is what it entails. Now, why at all do you need to self assess or self correct as the way it may be, or to correct yourself? Why do you even need to do it as, as a creative person? Okay, first thing for, uh, if that we might look at uh, the reason why you need to do self-assessment is um, it allows you to check things before you sell them or to go deeper into that song for those who are into the end of it. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, the idea is, yes, people outside might be able to see some things about you, but if you can catch those things yourself before anybody sees it, there's less of your flaws out there to see. And that is even one of the reasons why you got to do self-assessment. Um, uh, the second reason is it builds trust. When the people that are constantly relating with you know that you as an individual are constantly examining yourself and checking yourself, uh, your identity, your performance, and your capabilities, they trust you more, okay? They are able to know that, look, if this guy didn't think this needs to be changed, perhaps it doesn't need to be changed. They can trust your decisions because they know that you are constantly assessing yourself. All right? Number three, your client sees less errors. Okay? The people you are servicing, the people you are rendering the service for or sending the products to, they see less errors, which ultimately builds more trust with you because you can catch more of the errors before they go out. Okay? You do it because it is easier when you, on your own, catch your errors before somebody else sees it. Then the last reason, efficiency, okay? When you self-assess, you are able to see areas in which you are doing too much to achieve too little, uh, where you are doing very little and you're achieving a lot more. You're able to see the things that are really important in what you're doing and the things that are absolutely not required or important at all. It is the essence uh, of the 80-20 principle or the Pareto's principle as, as it may be as it's known. It's popularly called the 80-20 principle. But uh, being able to self-assess makes it easy for you to become efficient at what you do. It helps formulate a better process for delivering your creative service or products. All right? Okay, uh, let's just recognize the people that have joined. Olari, Wajibam, Dele, 
uh, yes, and Sarah Donupoa could join in on Facebook as well as Akongulu Bengamoli and Bolaji Osaze. Bolaji, it's been like forever. Glad you tuned in. And then Tunde Olao Yoga Tunde, thanks for tuning in as well. So, the last part of that um, the reason why you must do self-assessment is actually a topic that we're going to expand on later on, the 80-20 principle. It's something that we would actually need maybe a particular episode of the show to talk about as creative persons, how can we apply that principle towards getting better uh, creative output out of what we're doing. So it's one of the reasons why you need to do self-assessment. It helps you get into the 80-20 principle uh, process. Okay, now, how does it work? How do you exactly get yourself self-assessed? How do you um, uh, ask the right questions or what's the process that it takes? Um, now, self-assessment uh, as a, a principle is designed to help you assess your divergent thinking and creative thinking skills. Okay, now um, it's one thing as a creative person to be able to say, oh, I know this, oh yeah, this is illustration, now it's supposed to be when then we digital painting, then we put it out. You know it already. And it's easy to fall into routine of it's just a drawing, I draw it, I color it, I send it back to the client. But self-assessment uh, forces you to assess the divergent thinking. The idea that you are going a different way than you normally would, yes. And then do you need to go that way? Is that the right way to go? That is what it causes you to actually look into. You begin to actually um, question your questions. Or if I can put it that way. As a creative person, one of the primary things we do is to keep asking the question, why? Why is this this way? Why can it not be this particular way? Why not this? Why this? What if it can be like this? We ask a lot of questions. Now, consider self-assessment as the question you ask after you have answered that first question. So you have said, why not this way? And you ask yourself, why that way? After you have created a different way for doing what you have questioned on your own, you still question that further, okay? So you can take the assessment alone or with a group uh, of team members. So self-assessment doesn't necessarily mean it has to be just you as a person that's doing it. If you work with a team, if you are working with a team of animators or working with a team of designers or, or illustrators or writers or, or actors, you can actually self-assess as a group to look at exactly what uh, you're doing differently. Because uh, self-assessment helps to build your creative intelligence. Okay, there is intelligence in the general sense of things, and then there is creative intelligence. Intelligence is required for a lot of things in life, but it can only get you so far. Creativity has to step in somewhere in there, and the level of your creative intelligence would impact on the kind of idea that you put out there. Okay, now that's another topic I think we're going to still further uh, um, emphasize on later because there's a lot under that creative intelligence thing that we might need to expand to get it further. But the basic thing is, is, the, is that thing that steps in once intelligence uh, reaches its max, so to speak. It's what makes intelligence better, okay? So now, um, how is this supposed to work for you as an individual? When you are doing self-assessments, what are the things that you need to actually look at, all right? First, you must understand why self-assessment is uh, made, why it is, actually supposed to be for you, why you should do it, okay? Uh, first thing first, the main purpose of self-assessment or autocorrect is to make you better, all right? Let's say that again. The main purpose of self-assessment is to make you better, not to compete with anybody, company, person, outfit, firm, whatever out there. The essence is to make you, as a company, as a person, as an enterprise, better, okay? not to build you for a better competitive environment or to compete with somebody else. It's just to make you better. Competition is different from uh, uh, enhancement of yourself, for instance. When you're competing, you're forced to ask the question, what are the other guys doing? Okay, that always comes into mind. What else is our competition doing? What are they creating? What price are they selling theirs? Where are they doing this from? What are... It forces you to ask what other people are doing so that you can now structure what you're doing to match that or beat it. Okay, whereas self-assessment asks, what can we do better? Okay, so that way you know that you are growing on your own page, you're growing on your own level, you're growing in a path that might completely be a different ocean from whatever ocean every other creative enterprise out there is operating from. Okay, because when you keep your eyes on exactly creating the best products and service to sell to your customers and clients, you only get better at doing it. Okay, so. My competition forces you to ask, what are the other guys doing? 
self-assessment says, what can we do better? You ask a variety of questions. Um, let me, we'll look at those questions now, just quickly recognizing Ashakel Gungu tuning in on Facebook as well as Thanks for tuning in. And then Anjori Ola Bright is also tuning in on Facebook. On Instagram, we have BS Wife Love tuning in on Instagram. Thanks for joining in. Okay, now when you are doing self-assessment, a lot of questions come to you. And the key ones that should come to you as a person during that process are this. First, can our client or customers get a better job elsewhere? Whatever it is that you have done, whatever product you have created, whatever comic book, movie, photograph, whatever it is that you have done, ask yourself, can someone else do it better? All right? That doesn't end the entire process, but it just begins a thought process. If someone else can do it better, then there's something you can add to make yours better. Okay? Then, can we boldly say we are putting all we've got? You see how that other question uh, comes into a different thing now. So can someone do it better? One. Then can we even say that what we have here is our best? We are putting our all into this thing, that this, this is the peak of what we can do. If you can ask yourself that question in everything that you're doing, it actually makes it better every time you get the process on. Now, that also leads to the question, can we do it better than this? With the same time and costs. Could we have done this better than this? What exactly stopped us from getting what we think will be the ultimate best from what we're doing right now, whether um, it is drawing or whatever? And I've seen something come out, out here. I'll, I'll share a little anecdote with you. When I was much younger, actually, sorry, when I was much younger, back in secondary school, drawing comic books and all of that, I would always assess my drawings with the comic uh, uh, um, books the comic books that I was trying to emulate, the comic books I was trying to play in their game. Yes, I want to play in the, in the same game that DC and Marvel are playing. So I always compared what I drew with what I was seeing. Okay? The idea is if this is where you're going, this is what you call the height of your industry, then that is what you should be measuring yourself with. And that is not a, a company, that is not a person, it's just a particular product or service that you're looking at instead. Okay? So... Can you do better than that? Which also leads to, is this the best idea you have? Honestly, out of all the 15 ideas that you have picked out to render, to get done, is this the best you presently have with you? Now, having done something else prior, the next question will make better sense, which is, does this match up with our standards measure? As an individual, as a business, as a company, you should have your standard measure. You should have um, the, the ideal situation for your business. This is where we want to be. This is the way we want to be operating. This is the level of uh, quality we want to be delivering. You should have that as a constant reminder for your business, for your staff, for your people, for yourself as a person to constantly measure what you are doing, your output with. Okay? Now, uh, with that all said, the other questions will be, um, was it really what we wanted to achieve from the beginning? I mean, we had a sketch. Now we are looking at the finished product. Is the finished product exactly what the sketch had in mind? Does the finished product reflect the sketch we had, or is it better or worse than the initial idea we have? Is this what we wanted to achieve? And then can anyone else do it better uh, with the same resources? Now, remember that first question that says, can the customers get it better somewhere else? The other question is, can they get better somewhere else with the same cost and resources? Would they be able to get the same price somewhere else? Which, other, which might mean that, are you doing what you can with what you have? Or can somebody do better with what you are giving as well? Okay? Then, other questions like, did you use your time well? Could you have used better time? Could you have done this for less time? Could you have taken more time to get this done better? And then what's the best expense of the money spent in, this, in achieving this particular product? So uh, when you're trying to self-assess, it's a series of questions to actually break down what you have delivered, what you have created, that product you have, that service you're rendering, that thing you're about to deliver, to actually break it down and then ask the questions that your clients will probably be asking in their boardrooms. Because you are as sure as heaven that when your job gets onto that table of your client and then the entire team at your client's office sits around it, those questions will also be going into their minds. Sir, is this the best thing we can do? Uh, sir, is this the best we can get for the money we are paying? Can we not get this at this other company? Why are we giving this? This is too, too much time. They will ask those questions. 
So in self-assessment, you are putting yourself in the shoes of your clients and customers and asking questions they would ask. Because there are some things out there that you'll be surprised at that they, you might think you are competing with certain things, but ultimately you are not competing with those things when you fully self-assess. All right? You might think that when you're publishing comics, for instance, uh, that you are competing with other comic book producers out there. And I think those who are into the business well enough understand that a comic publisher is not competing with other comic publishers. They are competing with every other form of entertainment out there. They are competing with even newspapers and recharge card. All right? You are actually asking for the same amount of money that people are going to pay for a good lunch at a fast food joint or at a restaurant. So you're not just asking them to give you money for your comic book. You're asking them to not do certain other things. So those are the things that self-assessment forces you to immediately realize that, look, the things you think you're competing against are not exactly what you are competing against. So Olatubosun, Olai Adayemi, and Lekan Murphy tuning as well as Innocent Order on Facebook. Thank you guys for tuning in. Okay, so those questions come to mind when you're trying to do self-assessment. Now, the process is, um, well, um, it's not exactly like a, a scientifically laid out process in which you have the step-by-step -step for doing it, but there are processes to everything. And one of the things that must occur if you, as an individual or a business, are going to set up a proper self-assessment or quality control uh, um, uh, setup in your uh, com com company or as an individual in your operations, you will need to create a process for self-assessment because like everything creative, it can be arbitrary, all right? Now, you might think that creativity comes like that, that what you create is just that it came, you were just there and boom, you are creating something. Nothing is arbitrary. Creativity comes with information. No information you can't create. So, and it's a process. There is one thing that must come first before something else follows it. So everything operates by a process. Likewise, if you are going to increase uh, on the quality of your output and then improve on what you bring out by self-assessing, you will need to create a process that might work, that will work for you as an individual and as a business. Okay, now that process will, might involve uh, one or all of the following that I'm about to state out. Uh, first, um, it starts from even before you get the product delivered. Plan the initial idea. What exactly are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to do? You need to set up a plan for what you're trying to achieve because a plan allows you to have measurable points. You know that once this is done, this is supposed to be done, that's supposed to be done, and it's supposed to be at this quality before it's delivered at this point. You already have that set prior to when the project even starts so that along the way, you are doing the normal, okay? Which is running your process of creating that particular service or product. Then. That's always based on the information you have received on uh, your brief from the client or customers or based on your own research about the project itself. So your plan is not just based on, oh, we've done this before, we know how to do it, let's just go do it. No, it will be based on what your client is asking for, what your customers say they want, what you have found out that people actually want from your product or your service. So you have that plan and then it's based on those things. Number three. Constantly remind yourself, like one particular Roman emperor there, that it's not the best, that you can always be better, that whatever it is you're putting out right now is not going to be the best that your company has ever done because tomorrow you're going to make something better. All right? Always, always have, um, and I, I call this a particular, I call it a sense of dissatisfaction. It, it's not that you're not content. It's not that you don't think you're good enough. It's just that you refuse to be satisfied with just being good. All right? You constantly believe that you can be better. Sure, you can be perfect in code, but you can definitely be better than you presently are right now. Because if your best job was last year, why should anybody actually work with you right now, knowing fully well that you can't do anything better than what you did last year? All right? But if you have that sense, that constant belief that you can always be better, it works out for you. So have that as part of the process. State that, that we are not delivering the best we can at the moment, but we can always do better. So once the project's finished, you look at it. Within the timeline, have we done the best that we can with this particular timeline, okay? Then, number four, um, set a standard higher than where you are, okay? 
we've looked at that earlier on in one of the things that we, we started out there about um, asking if somebody else can do it better if you have, is it missing up to your standard measure? So you set that standard measure up right at this point. That, okay, um, this is what the client has asked for. We want it to look like this. You set that particular bar. That this is where you are trying, it's what you're aiming for. This is what you're trying to achieve, the level of quality you actually want to see. And then you work with that in mind. That becomes college or company focus. Everybody looks at it as, that's the height we're going. We want to produce Disney level animation. We want to produce Steven Spielberg -like level of movies. We want to do this level of 3D. You are definitely not competing with them, but you are using them as a benchmark of where you want to be, the standards you want to beat. Okay? Now, at all points in time, once that standard is set, you need to compare what you're doing with your standard points or your client's standard points. Okay? That's the other end of services delivery. When your client oftentimes comes with a brief to you, they come with their own expected standards. So they send you a brief for a particular uh, uh, movie or a video shoot, and then they send you a reference movie that looks like what they are trying to achieve. That this is the level of quality and standard and production and presentation and composition that we're looking for. Once you have that standard, it becomes easier to actually assess what you're doing in line with what your client has said. So constantly at every step, you're able to say, okay, that shot, is it in any way uh, comparable to the shot that the client recommended? So you look at it differently. Uh, Lake Kamufi, uh, okay, Ali Wasis and Jane Magnus, uh, well, I hope I pronounced that as Jane Magnus, Jane Magnus, I hope I got that correctly. So. Part of the process is setting up that standard point and then you check your client's standard point for it to make sure you are constantly on the right path as you get that going. Now, before um, you get things too far in whatever it is you're doing as a business, as a foundation, find out constantly, find out as a foundation, I mean, who you are really going against. Whether you are you are choosing to intentionally compete or not, you will have people that will compete with you, or you will have a market that you're trying to get into or something you're trying to take from a particular section of the market. Find out exactly who you are going against or what you are actually going against, all right? The standards you're trying to create, the kind of uh, setup you're trying to have, who exactly are you trying to beat? Okay, now the beat in that situation is not a matter of we tailor everything we do according to beating those guys. No, it's part of your research basis. Knowing fully well that as a comic book producer, you are competing with Richard Card sellers, you are competing with Mama Put, you are competing with soft drink sellers, you are competing with people who are, are selling newspapers and magazines on the streets. Knowing fully well that these are the people that they are, the money they are collecting, you are trying to grab parts of it. It makes it easier for you to determine a strategy by which you will create a better product or a better service to get that money out, to get the people who are presently using their monies in those particular areas to think about your product or service. I think in the in past episode of the show, we have talked about um, various selling um, uh, models in terms of free, free, premium, and premium models for selling stuff. It's all part of that process of finding out exactly who you're competing with or who you're going against in the market so that you know how to tailor your services, your delivery, your products to be better received and accepted by the target audience out there. Because ultimately, whatever it is you're trying to create is for a set of people. You're trying to solve a problem for a set of people. So it will not do well if those people cannot be reached or they cannot accept or assess your particular product or service. So you work with that. Now, Self-assessment as a concept, as an ideology, is something that does not, it should not be um, what you do from time to time. It should actually be a constant part of who you are, either as a person or as a business. Businesses spend a lot of time and money and training getting their quality control department to top order because they know how important that is for the sake of their company's identity, for the perception of their company, for the capabilities of their company, and for the efficiency of what their business represents, out there, of what their business is. So people or companies spend so much money in ensuring that their quality control departments are on point. And they do that as a matter of foundation. 
Okay, it's not that every few months you go out to the quality control department and see whether the quality is all up or not. No, every day, every product goes through the quality control uh, uh, department of the business. There's a constant check because it is not a, a, a habit. It is a core foundation of what that company is. So as an individual, self-assessment should not be something you do every now and then. It should be something that is inculcated into your structure as a person. It should be part of your process full time. All right? Now, I always say this to people, and uh, it's one thing we do here at IC Studios. Every time we send the project out with all the checks we have done on it, with all the assessment, with all the corrections we can possibly do on it, we still expect our clients to call and say they found something. Now, what that does to us is it does not uh, uh, keep us awake at night, no. but it has some benefits for us, which I will, I will share later on in the, in the next uh, section of what I'm about to talk about. See, but it helps us get better for our client's sake. And of course, once we are better, our clients can see that and then they appreciate it by, of course, making a lot of the sound for our account, which is the essence of what uh, uh, your problem solving uh, creative enterprises are to do. You want to solve problems for people so that you can do that in exchange for funds. All right, so as a philosophy or as, a, as, a, as an attitude, it must be foundation to what and who you are and what you do as a person or a company. Self-assessment, key. However, there are some potential cons that come with constantly having that self-assessment mentality. If you are not careful, you might fall into those but there are definitely pros to being able to self-assess yourself, all right? So let's look at the pros. Let's look at the good news first. I mean, not, not bad news. The good news is when you do self-assessment and you do your self-correction, uh, autocorrect or quality control, you get better with each job. That's the first thing that happens when you self-correct. You get better with each job because the error you saw in your last delivery, you are not going to repeat it in the next one. Ultimately, the next one gets turns out better because the error you will see in that one will be definitely different or something new or a new challenge that you will get better at with the next uh, project delivery. Excuse me. Okay, now, since you are getting better with your job, that is point one. Point two, rejections and criticism bother you less. All right? You're already sitting with the thought that, look, this is not the like common. I'm sure we can do something better by, by, by the next project. So this is not, well, it's, it's good, but it's not all that. It's, it's something we're getting, we're gonna work a better at. So when the client comes and says, ah, there's something wrong with that particular line of text or that particular part of the video was not produced well, or the photograph looked this, or there's this, you don't take it personal. Since you were not expecting that what you sent out was perfect anyways, it makes it puts you at peace and you're actually able to listen to your client better all right and a lot of creative people can tell this uh, uh easily that oftentimes when your client calls and start pointing at all the potential problems or problems they say they are seeing in your job one of the first things you want to do is tell them to come and take their money and their job it's like you really just you felt that you put your best in there that that was the best design that is like the best creative work you've ever done in your entire life and then this client is saying ah yellow is not good there put red there all of a sudden you're feeling like you're damaging my ideas well when you owe the self-assessment mentality and attitude you take rejections and criticism and corrections with less while they don't bother you all right now that leads ultimately to you creating better because you are almost uh, well, not almost, you are you're actually beginning to separate yourself from your creative outputs. One of the things we said earlier on the shows and previous episodes about creativity is creativity is not about you. Yes, it's coming forth from you based on information that you have been buying as an individual. Now you're processing that information and you're churning out an idea based on things that you've actually absorbed. Well, the essence is that even though it's coming from you, it is not for you. You are not creating purely for yourself, okay? You are creating to impact other people. You are creating so that other people can see their problems solved, all right? Now, if for some reason what you have done is not solving their problems, should they not tell you, okay? So if you 
take criticism and rejections with less emotional or less uh, personal uh, stance, you will actually create better. And that is number three pros for why self-assessment works better for you. Now, in the course of doing that also, number four, you learn more. One of the first rules of life, I'm not sure about anybody else out there, but one of the first rules I hold on to is the fact that I do not know everything. Because for every one million thing I know, somebody knows a million and one thing. All right? Somebody out there knows something you don't know. And uh, like a, a famous uh, movie producer told me when I was talking about um, uh, literacy, he said every human being is illiterate at something. All right? For the Englishman listening to Yoruba people speak in the village, he's an illiterate. He does not speak Yoruba. To them, he's an illiterate. This one does not speak our language. He does not understand. And for every Yoruba person who does not speak English and is standing with the English people speaking it, he's an illiterate. So the engineer is an illiterate when it comes to carpentry. The, the carpenter is an illiterate when it comes to painting. The painter is an illiterate when it comes to graphic design. Everybody's an illiterate at something. There's something you don't know. Now, if you put yourself in the position of constantly checking what you're doing because you believe you don't know it all, you will learn more. So your, your trove, your treasure trove of information will actually get bigger simply because you don't think you know it all because you're always ready to learn. So that's number four. Number five, you build better relationships without ego. Okay? With your clients, with your customers, with your colleagues, with everybody around you, when you assess yourself, when there are things you have already seen before people say to you, you can listen better. You can thank them for their criticism. You can even say, all right, okay, this is, not what, you're, this is what you're not happy about. Okay, you're not happy with this. Okay, if I change this, would that work better? If I do this, would it work better for you? Will it, will it do it for you? Will it make that go away? It forces you to focus on solving the problem rather than, than focusing on the fact that somebody is saying that your work is not good enough. Because you yourself have seen that, okay, that last illustration, that guy's leg is not exactly completely the right length. And one leg is fatter than the other. I know that already. So when the client comes up and says, ah, but one leg is fatter than the other. Okay, it's fatter. Ah, I see what you mean. You're right. We'll correct it. All right? And then the client says, yes, uh -huh. I saw the correction. I told him and he did it. So, yeah, yeah, these are good people. They, that's what they deliver well. You have a better relation with that kind of a client. Okay? And that leads to something else. You get less rejection and criticism over time. Because you are open to actually receiving criticism and rejection without any kind of attachment to your personality, it becomes easy for people to realize that uh, this guy never takes any rejection, any criticism in any negative way. Most of the time, they will find, they will just not want to even give you any issue. Okay? And this, I'm telling you from experience. People who, are, who bring corrections to you regularly and realize that you have no objections to taking those corrections and then making changes accordingly, Within the scope of your agreement and contract, by the way, let's say that clearly so that we know, because there are always terms and processes to everything that you're doing. So once they realize that anything they bring, you make the corrections and there is no complaint about, uh, this is not really a problem. I know you are the one that's not looking at it well, Mr. Client. Uh, I meant to, for, to put that yellow there so that you listen, you understand what your client wants, and then you make adjustments. Ultimately, you will get less rejection and criticism for the work that you put out. And then number six, you become more approachable by clients and customers, okay? Now, you become that kind of a person when you self-assess, when you actually uh, are able to spot errors that even your clients don't see. And I, I can tell you from experience that one of the things that I've endeared I studios and myself to clients is the fact that uh, sometimes they correct one thing in a job we've delivered, and then we correct two other things that they didn't see. Upon delivery, they see those things that we have made adjustments so that like, oh, yeah, that's true. We didn't see that. That meant for them, they realized that beyond just delivering the product to them, we are actually concerned about the kind of quality we are putting out as well. And they trust us more to deliver things. And they are, they, they, most of them have actually gone to the point where when they give us something to do, they are quite open with, well, don't worry. I know you guys will do something great. Just go do it and, get, and send it over. Okay? We haven't got to stage where clients don't even bother to edit. They just say, hey, this is what you, you did it now. Don't worry. It's, it's okay. Okay? Now, that helps 
make you approachable. People are not thinking of it. If he does my drawing now and then I come and say, I don't like this particular one, he will throw brimstone and fire on my head out. Then it makes you more approachable. So people are able to speak with you on a basis of understanding that you know what is right or wrong about what you yourself are doing. Now, um, there are cons to self-assessment. Potential cons, if I can put them that way. Uh, because the chances of, of certain things creeping in when you are constantly self-correcting or self-checking uh, yourself is that um, through self-assessment, sometimes there's a possibility that a person's self-esteem or, 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 their, or their sense of self might be damaged because they see uh, a lot more errors about what they are doing and all of a sudden begins to feel as if there's something wrong with them and they cannot do some things right. So the thing that might come up in terms of cons is one, self-doubt. It's a possibility that if you don't ground your self-assessment in the basis of getting better, then you begin to create doubt within yourself about what you're doing, all right? Because for most individuals, um, they don't want to be told what exactly is wrong with what they're doing, but they prefer other people to tell them rather than them, uh, they, they themselves seeing those things, okay? Seeing those things oftentimes make them feel as if they're not doing things right. Okay, so sorry, I'm quite a lot of people are tuning on Facebook. I didn't recognize. Okay, we got um uh wow uh Chidi Umfam Umfam Baba, thanks for tuning in and Chidi, uh Umbatagu, Umbatugu, as well as Ezine, uh, and then a lot of day your fair. Auntie Adeshala Aduke Arit Alamutu, thanks for tuning in, and Abdul Mutalib Abubakar, thanks for tuning in as well on Facebook and Ayo Osovehe. As well as Solomon Safile. Solomon Baba, thanks for tuning in. Mr. Kent, thanks for tuning in as well. So it's possible that if you uh, don't set your parameters for self-assessment right from the foundation, you might begin to self-doubt. Okay? Now, also one of the cons of self-assessment, if you are not careful, again, I say this, one of the potential cons is that you might end up with a slow pace of work. I know somebody who spent weeks editing a flyer, one flyer, because ah, I don't think that color, oh, I'm not sure if, oh, I think that, oh, that text is a little bit skewed, oh, that thing, oh, that's a bit too far apart, oh, there's this, that color is not matching well, the font is not working for weeks. So oftentimes, if you don't know exactly the parameters for setting of your self-assessment, you might slow down your work. And uh, Mr. Ken says, hope I haven't missed much. What, guys, 548, that's almost uh, 48 hours, uh, 48 minutes out of the uh, one hour for the show. Yes, you haven't missed much, but then again, you can always go back to uh, my page and watch this video or log on to www.anchor.fm and listen to the podcast uh, at a later date. So watch out for that. Now, um, number three, of the potential cons is that uh, not all of us can do this. Uh, number three, too many questions. You know how it can be a bit of a problem when children ask you all those questions. Why is this like this? Why is that not possible? Why is it not going this way? Why, 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 why can't we, why can't we? After a while, it can drive an adult crazy. All right, I think um, something um, happened on Instagram. We are locked out of Instagram. We probably won't continue on that end, but but still on, on Facebook. Okay, Babatuna Ajibuli joining on Facebook as well as La Chichi Mambo. La Chichi, thanks for tuning in. So the potential cause is you might end up asking too many questions that you might not be able to answer them all. So you just constantly ask yourself this and that and this and this, and after a while it can get quite overwhelming. Again, I say these are potential cons simply cause if you do not have your parameters for self-assessment set well, okay? We have talked about how to set it well, the questions to ask, but we'll look at it again in closing, all right? So another potential con is that as an entity, as an individual or a business, you might find it difficult setting your house style or signature when you walk that way, okay? Or maybe you're an artist with a particular style of drawing, 
and then that style of drawing might require certain flaws to be in your drawing. But the people you're servicing do not expect that flaw in what you deliver. Okay? So you're now coming completely with what style of artwork you want to put out that will be recognized for and what your client actually wants you to deliver. It will be left to you to determine whether um, you want to uh, create a style or a signature. Now, I need to clarify this in something we probably, we can keep talking about it anyways, style and signature. There's a difference between your style and your signature, okay? Your signature is constant. Your signature doesn't change no matter the style you are using, all right? Let, let, let's take it this way, um, in, in, in terms of clothing. You can have a signature for wearing green Ankara, but that green Ankara is constantly sewn in a variety of styles, corporate, casual, semi-casual, traditional, non-traditional, EBB, AUSA, Fulani. You can sew it in a variety of styles, yet your signature is not the styles that you're sewing the clothes in. It's the fact that all of them are sewn with patterned green Ankara, okay? So your signature is exactly like the signature you, uh, you put in your forms and things. You don't just change that arbitrarily. And it does not affect anybody's immediate uh, perception of what you're delivering to them. In fact, that part of your signature of your delivery is a small part. Just like putting that your small stamp on, on a drawing it does not change your client's perception of what a drawing is or what your comic book is or what your photography is or what your movie is. Okay? Now, a style on the other hand is easily recognizable, but other people can also copy that and have that style as well. So you want to have a cartoonish style, you want to have a, an exaggerated style, you want to have, have, have a manga style, you want to have a, a world-level rough style. Whatever style it is, know that you are not the only one that has it. However, a signature belongs to only you. It becomes part of your brand, okay? Styles change, signatures seldom do, okay? Now, with all that uh, stated out there, let's look again at how to ensure that you get more of the pros and zero or, no, or very little of the cons of doing self-assessment. First thing to recognize, being able to self-assess is an important skill that you, as a creative person or enterprise, need to develop. We are quite temperamental and emotional beings when it comes to the things we put out there as creative persons. So it can get rather murky if we cannot spot our own flaws. Somebody once described creativity or art as a disease of the eye. Like if you're not doing it right, you yourself will know. All right? It's like, it's like if you're not doing it the right way, you should be able to tell. It is the hallmark of your creativity to know that you're being creative. Let me say that again. It is the great hallmark of your creativity to know that you are being creative or not. Okay, so you yourself can know immediately when you know, something is wrong with that drawing, or something is wrong with that picture, something is wrong with that movie, something is wrong with this book. You should be able to spot it. I know most of the times, some of us or most of us can spot the problems in the things that we deliver or the issues in there, and then we go into prayer and hope that nobody else sees it but us. And that often happens because as creative persons, we are constantly looking for problems to solve. So that means even when the problem is just tiny, it actually blows off the page like a big one to us, okay? But that skill is still required. You must maintain your self-assessment skills. You must autocorrect. Now, you should remember that one, you are not autocorrecting to be in competition. You're autocorrecting to get better. That is your part, the first and most important paramount rule for setting up your autocorrect mode at any point in time when you're doing that. Okay? The kind of question to ask, the way to set it up. Once you get that basic thing that says it is purely about you getting better, it becomes easier to not fall into all the cons that will come out from being a self-assessing individual. Um, First, we talked about the fact that you must plan the idea you want to execute at all times, um, but you are building everything you're doing on the fact that you as an individual have set a standard higher than yourself that you want to achieve, okay? And then you always compare every question you ask, everything that comes under whatever it is you are delivering, delivering will go through that particular standard under the measurement, okay? Now, 
Also, at the back of it, knowing fully well who you're competing with will help your self-assessment process. Okay? Now, with that, it's not an easy thing to do. I can tell you this because most of us cannot see our own flaws. People outside and within us, I mean, outside of us, can see us better than we can see ourselves, which is why sometimes it might be good to have others assess you. People who are basically an extension of yourself, like your team members or like your friends or that, uh, people who might actually act as clients in the future or who have been your clients before might be in the best position to actually assess you. But if you have developed your skills to the level where you know that you are separate from what you are creating and you can deal with that separation from creator to creation, then you can assess yourself with a clean mind. The honesty of the process is supremely important if you are self-assessing yourself. Don't lie to yourself. It's an easy thing to do, but you must refuse that urge to cover yourself by giving yourself an excuse as to why that is okay. Okay? I've seen it happen and I've seen it create losses for uh, businesses. When your client says this and you're like, no, it's okay. Perfect. Exactly. It's, it's great. We spent nine hours doing that. There's no way that can't be okay. And that usually never ends well. All right? So, with that, thank you very much again for tuning in on to uh, another episode of Create or Die Trying. If you are just tuning in at this last end, uh, well, we've come to the end of the show, but you can watch this video on my page uh, on Facebook or tune in to www.anchor.fm to listen to the podcast of the show. You might search for Create or Die Trying in that particular uh, that particular platform to be sure you are on the right page. So with that said, you have seen this shirt I'm wearing. Well, a younger brother of mine does this kind of stoning and things on t-shirts and it's actually doing a fabulous job of it, of getting the people out there. And he thought that for some reason, I, I would love to wear my name boldly on my chest with all the blings on it. Well, I don't know what you think about it. If you like it, or you can check him out. His name is Arise Orlando Wajiganu. I'll probably put his link up on my page so you can check out what he's doing. And who knows? If you are up for all those blingy stuff, perhaps you can get him to get you all blinged up. Okay, guys. So thanks again for tuning in. Until I see you guys uh, next edition, perhaps with a guest, perhaps on my own, perhaps I even announce something I am actually putting together. I can give you a hint about it right now. I have been asked. Uh, several times about training programs. Does ICC does offer one? Do I personally offer one? And the plain answer is yes, I do. But I only offer an exclusive minimal entry or minimal student participation executive training program for those already in businesses or those who can actually spare weekends for their program. So we'll be having a structured one, the first structured one in the next uh, month and a half, maybe by the end of April, we'll be starting that. So I will, I'll bring the details for that particular uh, program to you next time on the show. That's Monday, we will talk about that. Until then, please remember, in everything that you do, in all your endeavors, you've got to make sure it is nothing, nothing else beats this. You must always, create or die trying. It's a pleasure being with you guys. I'll see you guys next Monday. Be great.